Here's how to make real money on a social media platform you're probably overlooking. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you're the master of your own financial destiny. Today's guest is living proof of that. And actually, she was recommended to me by a listener of the show who wrote in and said, I don't work for Helen. I don't do her PR. I just want to nominate her because she changed my life. Thanks to her, I filled my client roster and have more money coming in as an entrepreneur than I ever did working for someone else. That is an awesome testimonial for Helen Pritchard, who you're about to meet. Stick around in this episode for Helen's proven process to generate perfectly targeted leads on LinkedIn, no matter what type of business you're in. I was a little skeptical, but she's got some great examples of how local and even consumer-facing businesses can make this work. It's really powerful stuff that you can take action on right away. Notes and links for this episode, plus the free PDF highlight reel with all of Helen's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Helen. And if you're in the US, you can grab those notes by texting Helen Tips, all one word, to 33444. That's Helen Tips to 33444. And as you begin to apply some of Helen's tips and land those new customers, you're going to start to hear these magic words. Send me the invoice. That's when you start your 30-day free trial of our sponsor, FreshBooks, at freshbooks.com slash side hustle, and you whip up a custom, branded, professional-looking invoice in just 30 seconds, and you get paid fast. This is the tool I've been using for years when I need to invoice clients or advertisers, and I want to invite you to start your 30-day free trial over at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. There's no credit card required, and enter the side hustle show in the how did you hear about us section to get started today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Helen after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. Okay, so LinkedIn for me is, well, it was the answer to all my prayers. I think that's that's why I'm so passionate about it, is that I found LinkedIn when I was really low ebb, just recently split up from my husband. Our building business had collapsed in the, in the financial sort of crisis of 2007, 8, 9. It seemed to go on forever in the UK. So 2010, I was a single mom two children under five. I was about 90 grand in personal debt and I had quite severe mental health problems. So I had problems with anxiety and panic attacks. So LinkedIn is is kind of what got me out of that hole. It helped me just connect with business owners and get business owners interested in what I was selling, which at that time was social media management. And I knew I had to earn two and a half thousand pounds a month to survive. You look after me and the kids and all that, all that kind of stuff. So I just set out on LinkedIn. When I went to LinkedIn, I set out on there to find 10 clients, pay me £250 a month, and and that's what it delivered. And and the way I set it up was the way that I still teach it now. And it's really, really simple. So I think the thing is, the big message I want to get out about LinkedIn is, it's dead simple. It's really easy. Same marketing principles apply, and it just works like a charm, and it works for everybody. So even from 10 years ago, this, I mean, every other social platform has undergone a ton of changes in that time. But you said, hey, even from... 10 years ago, the basic principles still apply. Absolutely the same. Let's take a look at what you're doing over there. So I'm at linkedin.com slash in slash Helen Pritchard. You can find her over there. What are you doing to set your profile up for success? I make LinkedIn profiles about the ideal client and not about the person whose profile it is. So we use the personal profile, but we use it like a landing page as in it's written for your ideal client. So you'll be able to see there my headline is like helping coaches, consultants, business owners get more leads from LinkedIn, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and all the people that I train have this this same sort of headline. But people say, oh, these headlines that you're teaching, well, they all start with helping. But 
that actually every single headline is individual to the person whose business it is. So it's all about setting up your profile, your headline in your profile to talk to your ideal client and overcome their problems and talk about that, what's going on in their world rather than just talking about yourself all the time. So that's the first thing. Then it's about being consistent in terms of requesting your ideal clients on there every single day. So building your audience that way and then putting out content. The more you post on LinkedIn, the more money you make. It's super simple. It's super simple. And it's almost like it's the stuff you don't worry about on LinkedIn that makes it work, not the stuff that you do. I mean, the basic principles are knowing your ideal client, selling one thing to one person at one time at one price, knowing how many of those things you need to sell to hit your targets, being consistent about putting your message out there, doing things that make you feel uncomfortable, like doing video, like asking for the business, like putting out sale posts with your price on, building your audience every day by adding new people who is relevant to the stuff that you're talking about and engaging with them publicly. So liking and commenting and sharing their stuff. I mean, that's it. There you go. <laughs> you don't need to buy my course. That's it. That's the training, basically, in a couple of minutes. That's how it all works. So we'll dive into uh, that stuff in, in a bit more detail because I want to unpack some of that content strategy, the connection strategy. But I like this idea, instead of viewing your profile as a resume, is more of a landing page for your ideal customer. That's an important shift to make. That's it. It's a landing page and you can make it like a landing page as well. I mean, where the way that we have a template for people to, to follow, it's all about, are you this person? Do you feel like this? Are these things happening? If you know, would you like these things to happen? So it's talking about outcomes. If so, we can, I can help. This is why it's me. This is why I'm the person to deliver what I'm promising. And this is how you, this is why now is the time to get in touch. And this is how you message me on here. And then you can put embed things in, in there, you can embed media. So you can put videos in there of you talking, you can put client video testimonials in there, you can put price lists, you can put links to websites, everything can go in there. And then you've got testimonials, which is other people saying how great you are. They all go on your profile. So it becomes really, really top end website, really. But yeah, it's all delivered for you completely for free from LinkedIn, which is mind blowing, really. Right. And it's obviously has huge domain authority, so it already ranks well in, in Google. It's got a huge built-in audience of, of users. And it looks like you're using the cover image almost as a secondary headline where it's like, you know, big pink, bold font, want more leads from LinkedIn? Send me a DM. Like there's a call to action right at the very top. It's all about getting in front of the right people. Now, LinkedIn's the only platform on the planet where you can hand pick your audience. So you choose exactly who you want to come and look at your stuff. I mean, I used to design websites years ago. I mean, this is, this is like cutting edge stuff that if we, we could have sold this. If I could say to someone, you can write a landing page, it's exactly for your client, and then you choose the people who come to see it by hand, you can do a search and you can just look for... So, for example, I used to do... My, one of my agencies used to do recruitment for the care sector, and we are using Facebook ads. So my headline then was helping HR directors in care hire better people faster using Facebook ads. But then I'd only ask to connect with HR directors in care. So it's so specific and it seems so niche, but actually thousands and thousands of HR directors in care. But when I asked them to connect with me, I bet I'm the first person they've ever had asked to connect with them that says helping HR directors in care to be that specific. So you just get that instant resonance. So you build an audience. So then I build an audience of thousands of HR directors in care, put out content around how we help HR directors in care, engage with HR directors about how we help with care, and then add more HR directors in care. It's the only platform in the world where you can create this ecosystem around your brand where you become the go-to person for them. And people fall over, feel like they're falling over you. They message you and say, I can't believe I found you. You're absolutely perfect. And it's kind of, 
well, I engineered it this way, but it makes you feel like, because I don't do any direct messaging and I don't do any like sort of sleazy sending messages, trying to get people to, you know, building up relationships and all that, which other people think is really important. Instead, I just do this, what I call lighthouse marketing. It's like, I know who I am, I know what I stand for, I know what I do. And I put my content out there like a light. But you can create this ecosystem where the only people that are really seeing it are the exact people you want to see. So you can become so niche with your content that it converts like a charm. And that's why it works for everybody. As long as you're brave enough to pick a niche and be really specific on who you help, then LinkedIn works beautifully. Yeah. And for people starting out, they may not have, or maybe they start with one niche idea and they follow this path and it's just not working. It's just not resonating with these people for whatever reason. And they need to pivot and that's okay. Yeah. You just scrap it all and start it again. I mean, I've been on LinkedIn in three different sort of versions. So I've been the social media manager. I've been the recruitment with Facebook ads woman. And now I'm the LinkedIn woman. And if I gave it all up tomorrow and wanted to become a dog trainer or wanted to become a fit pro or whatever I wanted to do, I just start, I just carry on. I wouldn't get rid of it. I just change my headline change my profile, start to connect with different people, start to put different content out, and the world wouldn't stop turning. So I get asked that a lot, you know, well, what about my old connections? What about the people I was in corporate with? And I'm like, what about them? I don't care. But they do know you, and they might want, one day want to buy from you or refer you to somebody. So just keep them and just pivot and go. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So the next section that I see in my profile, kind of after the cover image, the headline, which I guess I need to rework, although I'm not really targeting like a business to business customer. So is there, it seems like that's probably the ideal person. It's like, if I can target somebody by industry or by job title, 
perfect if I'm a little bit broad or if I'm going after a consumer market? Like, I don't know. Is that, is it still a place for me? Of course. So we, we do this. So I have a five, free five day challenge and we take people through this. Like last one, we had 3000 people in it. So we take people through this process and, and we do on the Thursday evening and do a live with wine. So every night I do a live with wine. So it's just me drinking Malbec in my house, in my pajamas, with my hair on my head, answering questions about LinkedIn. So on a Thursday night, we do searching and find our ideal client. And what we call it is we call it A, B and C searching. So A searching is when you know who your person is. Yeah. So they're a HR director, they're an entrepreneur, they're an accountant. There's something that you can actually type in and how they would identify themselves. A's are easy. That's easy. You just search for them, filter by second degree, and you're given a list and you're like, oh my God, look at all these potential prospects. Let's go and, and add them. So that's easy. B is when it's when you, something that's going on in someone's heart and mind. So you can't see that. So you can't see who's sat at work thinking, I hate my life. I want to start a new business. Or I hate my wife. I want to get a divorce. Or I hate my weight. I want to lose some weight. I need a holiday. I need to buy some new windows. I, I wish I had some new shoes. There's, you know, I like whiskey. I want to buy more whiskey. There's a million different ways that you can you can imagine that you would think it was hard to sell to people on LinkedIn, but actually it's really easy. So for B people, what we do is we make a couple of things. So we make a best guess. Say if you're looking for people who are feeling really overwhelmed and want to give it all up and do something else, look for specific industries where you know they've got serious overwhelm. So it might be teachers or it might be secretaries or it might be, I don't know, you know, like or some kind of industry. So just have some fun with it and have some thoughts. And also use Google for this. So you know, what are the top 10 industries where people feel overwhelm or they're overweight or they feel stressed or what are the top 10 jobs that people give up to go and do something else with you can try and get some some intelligence and that's one thing and the other thing is to is to look for where people have got money now it sounds kind of mercenary but everything's easier if your ideal client's got loads of money and that isn't the deciding factor so say you want to help people lose weight well why not go for bankers or property developers or and i had a, this is a really good example with one of my clients who's a online fit pro we kind of set him up as a niche as helping city bankers in London. So he became the go-to guy for bankers in London because we knew he had money, but then he could tailor all his content to that. So it's performed better in the bedroom and the boardroom and feel more confident and close more deals and really talking that kind of language and become the go-to guy for city bankers for losing weight. And it almost feels counterintuitive because you're cutting out so much of your market, but actually the more niche you are, the easier it is to find clients and the more you can charge. So there's that thing. And then another thing is just to go local. We're kind of tribal. So I'll just, you know, just start local and use that in your marketing. So there's kind of three ways if you don't really know. You have to make a best guess. But because we, we're not messaging anyone, you can't really get it wrong. So you just grow your audience and then you put your content out like a lighthouse and then the people who are interested will come to you. So if you do something that maybe people wouldn't want to engage with on LinkedIn, say you want people who want to leave their jobs, they're not going to comment on stuff like that because they don't want their employer to see, but they will message you privately. And you have to remember, this isn't about engagement. It's not about likes and comments. It's about people messaging you and wanting to buy what you've got. So you can put stuff out that's either, that can be quite controversial or quite sensitive or quite difficult. And you're not going to get loads of engagement, but that's fine. But people are always watching and they'll message you directly. And then the C type of searching and, and how to get on Say you've got something like a baby, you sell a baby product, like you sell a new baby's dummy or whatever, or pacifier, as you say, in the States. What's the UK word for it? it we call it a dummy. Okay, I never heard that. <laughs> All right, I know. We have a word for two weeks called Fortnite as well. And we have washing up bowls that are like little plastic bowls that go in our sinks. I've learned all this. I've got new friends. 
got lots of friends in America now and we have some very, very funny meals out where we try and work out why we've got different words for stuff. Because some of your stuff makes loads of sense, like a sidewalk. Ours is called a pavement. Makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> anyway, so the third way, so say you've got a baby product, is to look for influencers over your audience. So look for people who have got events in your niche, who've got awards in your niche, you've got media, they've got the big websites or the big TV programs or the big organisations or affiliated type things. And then go and find the people that work at those companies and start to build your audience up with them. So there's loads of ways you can do it, but basically you just who you are, you put out your great content and people will come to you. Yeah, now I'm looking at your about section versus my about section. And yours is like, are you a coach, consultant or specialist? It's it's 100% about the client, whereas mine is like, here's my backstory. It's like, okay, there's some there's some engineering that needs to happen over there. The backstory is important. The backstory is important, but it needs to come three quarters of the way down the page. Because you have to remember, all your clients, think about how human behavior, people care about themselves and what's in it for them. They don't really care about you or your business. They care about their problems and what's going on in their world. And, that, and if you can position yourself as a solution to those problems, then your backstory becomes important because you've got their interest. Once you've got their interest, then they need to make an emotional decision. They make an emotional decision because they want you to solve the problems, but then they make a logical decision by looking at your backstory and your experience and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's where social proof works so well because people are looking for a reason to buy from you at that point. Yeah. So you can target audiences or target individuals essentially by industry by job title by geographic area you target industries that people have money you target who are the go-to players in your space are you proactively inviting them to connect with you or is that like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play that game i'm just gonna go about posting my content no you do you proactively go and invite them to connect with you yeah so you find them you search for them you find them and you ask them to connect but you don't write a personalized note you just ask them to connect and that's it oh really the linkedin advice is like invitations with personalized notes get acceptable 10 times more like you ignore that they say that they say that but because there's just no way they can tell because every connection request has got so many moving parts and emotions involved in it that there's no way to split test it so with my headline i ask a coach to connect i don't need a personalized connection request because it already says helping coaches and they want what i've got so they'll accept and but i get loads of people saying oh i would never accept anyone who doesn't write a personalized connection request what people mean by that is I won't accept somebody if I can't see what's in it for me. And the, why the headline works so well is because it shows you that straight away up front. Yeah, you're not just trying to connect with random people. You're trying to connect with people who you have some sort of, not necessarily a pre-existing relationship with, but like there's, there's something there already, hopefully. At least an interest in, in a similar space or similar industry. Okay, what happens after that? What happens after they accept? So after they accept, they start to see all the content. So they see the content. So for, in, my, in my example... I'm not a great example now because I'm, I've got authority and influence now. I've kind of let things slide a little bit. But anyway, so you connect with me and you start to see. So I try and do videos most days. So at least two or three times a week, if not more. So you see videos of my face coming up going, hi, it's me, blah, 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 talking about whatever. You'll see me posting screenshots of people who have been really happy working with me. So that's social proof. You'll see me posting about this is my mastermind coming up. You need to buy it by Friday at midnight. Here's the link. So that's a call to action. It's £1,500, come and buy it. This is what people say about it. And you'll see me tell stories about me and my life and what's going on in my world and, and what's gone on in the past. So that mixture of content should get people to either love me or hate me. Yeah, so I've got lots of haters and that's fine. And that's what you want. You're going to divide the audience. Yes. 
Divide the audience. You want people to fall madly in love with you or never want to see you again. That's the only two emotions you want to invoke in your audience. And then you just keep the ones that, that love you and never care about the ones that hate you again. And eventually somebody takes you up on that call to action. They do. They do. And I've seen this work hundreds, thousands of times now. It's amazing. People are like, oh, my God, it really works. I'm like, I know, of course it works. It's guaranteed to work. If you've got a good offer and you know your ideal client and you're not scared to niche, then it works 100% of the time. And if you're a new freelancer, you would prioritize posting here in this kind of walled garden site of the Internet rather than posting this type of stuff on your own blog or on Facebook even. Well, who looks at your blog? No one. Sad, but true. But you can put it on both. You can just copy and paste it, so that's all right. You can put it on both. But see, I love Facebook. I spend a lot of money on Facebook ads, and I run all my communities on there, so I've got a lot of time for Facebook. But it's just like the abyss. You, you just, It's just like that drawer in the kitchen. It's just got all the bits in it and the, and the leads and the fluff and the good stuff. You know there's good stuff in there, but it could take you forever for you to get a lead out of LinkedIn, out of Facebook. Yeah, people who are browsing LinkedIn are there for a specific purpose. They're trying to improve their careers. They're trying to help their business. Well, at least you know they've all got a job. Or, or they're looking for a job. That was the old joke. So, oh, they're well, looking for a job, yeah. They're looking for a job. Time to go dust off the old LinkedIn profile. So that makes sense. Like, go where people already are, rather than like fighting this massive uphill SEO battle or something, you know, trying to get people to your own site. I think so. And also, like, just relax with it. So I see this again. I've done this millions of times. People are like, oh, no, but I want to appeal to everyone. I want to do all these things. And I want to start a free group. And I want to do a, a challenge. And I want to do a, a retreat. And I want to do a podcast. And I want to do this. And I want to do that. And I want to have these funnels. And I want to do a freebie. And I want to do all this kind of stuff. And, and I want to get all this software. And I'm like, just stop. Because you've got no money. So just focus on getting some money in first. Yes, get the clients first. Then worry about all the stuff later. Get the money in. Get a foundation. So I always talk to people about getting your need-to-earn number and your want-to-earn number so fixed in your head that you don't do anything else until you start hitting them and you start hitting them predictably. And most businesses only really need 10 clients. Most lifestyle businesses, sort of coaching, consultancy, only really need 10 clients to hit decent money. I know this is like the side hustle show. So most people start a side gig because they want to eventually replace their main gig, Right. But, but they end up investing so much in so much other stuff that it just becomes this big, like, black hole where they feel, like, even more trapped in their jobs. So it's like, if your job pays you $4,000 a month, for example, then just think, what do I need to do? How many of these things that I love do I need to sell to hit $4,000 a month consistently? And I'm going to do nothing but promote that on LinkedIn till I get it. Yeah, super important point. Yeah, you may only take these five or ten clients and then you're there. It's five or ten clients. You don't need to appeal to everyone. You don't need to be all things to all people. The more niche you are, you know, you just need ten clients. So so what if you only do dog walking for firefighters that want to dog walk on a Wednesday? You only need ten of those people. And once you've got them, then you can expand and you can change your niche and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I talk about cleaning. Cleaning in this country, everyone just does, puts a cleaning leaflet through the door. Imagine if they did a LinkedIn campaign that was like helping female entrepreneurs in Warrington, which is where I live, spend more time with the children and more time building their business instead of cleaning around the toilet. Imagine if they had a headline like that and talked talk to entrepreneurs about how frustrating it is when you're a female entrepreneur and you're a single mum and you've got to do all the housework and it's really depressing and you can't get your business off the ground and all that kind of stuff. And instead, here's this woman, I call her Carol, Carol's cleaning for £400 a month 
she'll do all your cleaning, do change your bedding, do your washing. Like if someone put that on LinkedIn and started connecting with all the female entrepreneurs in that in that town, they would absolutely get their ten clients, and they'd get them quick as well. Yeah, that's a really cool local example of of how to do this for kind of an offline service. Yeah, local marketing for an offline service is easy peasy, lemon squeezy on LinkedIn. Trust me. Do you have a sense of like algorithmic reach on LinkedIn for the type of content that you're posting? Is it just a straight like timeline feed or is it similar to Facebook, Instagram, where it's like, okay, based on the initial engagement of this post, we're going to serve it to more people, stuff like that? Well, algorithm is a bit of a dirty word with me because people get so hung up on it and it's just not important. So yeah, they'll give you the stats. So they'll show you how many people have reached and how many people are engaged. And yes, if you if you get more in the first few minutes, and they probably do serve it to more people. And yes, if you use the third party, they probably do. But we're talking about 10% tweaks here that people need to instead be focused on putting out content consistently and not worrying about engagement and reach because it's not important. What's important is they're showing up consistently because you'll need those 10 clients, right? Right. Now, a few years ago, this was like LinkedIn Pulse, and it was only open to select few people, and you had to post like long-form content. It sounds like this is a little bit different, or maybe this is kind of the evolution of that. Well, it's, I mean, LinkedIn Pulse is what is LinkedIn articles now, so it's still there. People just don't seem to spend a lot of time sitting down reading articles. So what I always say is concentrate on posts, concentrate on putting out content yeah, into that feed all the time. And then if you want to write an article, write an article, but you don't write articles instead of doing posts. So posts come first. Articles can just be a copy and pasted blog from your own blog somewhere else and put them in there. The frustrating thing with LinkedIn is they have a character limit on posts and it's really, really short. I'm not even sure what it is, but I copy and paste stuff I do on Facebook over there all the time. And it's really annoying because I have to chop out like 3,000 words. But that's the only thing. An article means you can write more, but posts get more views, definitely. Okay, because they show up in that main kind of activity feed. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Obviously, it's been years. It's been years since I thought about LinkedIn. So this is this is really helpful for me. Is there anything going on in LinkedIn groups? No, absolute waste of time. There you go. That's that very short segment. <laughs> LinkedIn groups are rubbish. Now they are investing heavily in them, but yet they still seem to be rubbish. And they keep saying how great they're going to be, and they're still rubbish. So I don't know what they're going to do. But the thing is, what I think LinkedIn aren't getting is nobody wants to hang out on LinkedIn. That's what Facebook's for. So why are they trying to compete with Facebook instead of just sticking to what they're good at? I don't know. But the thing with groups is they've got loads of them. You can only join 50 of them. They're good if you want a particular person. So say you want the HR directors, you could join a group for HR directors and they're all in there and you can go through and you can ask them to connect. So it's a good way to find people hanging out together. But if you're going to think you're going to be able to put content in a group and anyone's going to see it or engage in it, you're wasting your time, wasting your time. It's like, it's like tumbleweed in there. So yeah, don't worry with that. Same with business pages. Who would follow a business page on LinkedIn? No one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have a sense of early on how many connection requests you were sending on a daily, weekly basis? Well, I do because I used to send a hundred a day and I used to teach that as well. And in fact, some of my old trainers still has that on. And that's what I used to teach when I used to work with corporates. And I always, you always had this hundred a day because you get about 25% acceptance rate even in the beginning. So that's like 25 new people a day. So that's a really good way to build your audience quite quickly. But I've never had it where I've been restricted, but I've heard of people getting restricted and LinkedIn saying, well, you're in kind of what we call LinkedIn jail, so you can't send any more. And then you're in trouble really, because if you can't build your audience, it's really difficult. And I know LinkedIn can be really hardcore. 
if they shut you down, you're not able to open another one from the same IP and that kind of stuff. So I was just worried. Obviously, as my business has grown and now I'm helping thousands of people. So I don't want to be telling everyone to do 100 and then everyone getting barred and banned because they've not done the headline right and they've not done the searching right. So I, I always now say 10 a day. But I say 10 a day every single day without fail. And that is airing on the side of caution massively. But that is my official advice, so no one can blame me if they get restricted or banned. But, yeah, definitely every single day, 10 a day, every day, including the weekends. And make sure you post it on the weekends as well. Loads going on on the weekends on LinkedIn. It's like if you get too many rejections, like then that triggers some sort of red flag. Yeah. Okay, so make sure you have your profile set up uh, and you're only connecting with people who might be appropriate for that to reduce your risk there. Okay. Exactly. All right, well, what's next for you? you got three challenges coming up. What else you got cooking this year? There's loads of things this year, actually. So I've got, so yeah, three challenges. We've just done a free challenge with 3,000 people. We're just starting filling the next. And we're expecting maybe 5,000 into that one. So we do four launches in the Mastermind a year. So that's great. So we did a, we hit our million pound in sales last year in it within a year, which was quite cool. Wow, congrats. Yeah, thank you. In sales orders and a lot of people pay over it, payment plans. So it's not all in the bank yet. But anyway, so we did that, which is good. Business is very, very automated now, so it requires very little of me apart from to actually deliver the training, which is good. So I've got lots of people, not staff, but people who do things. So we're really ramping up the content this year and we're branching out into some new areas. I've just published a book called She Can 365, which is supporting female entrepreneurship. And we are bringing out a magazine to accompany that. So we're going to have our own publishing company. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So just a few things product wise coming out as well. Like you said at the beginning, so lovely, that comment that you got about me. And I get that every day, which is so lovely. I really am helping people change their lives. And that is a cliche, but it's fantastic when you're getting those messages, which is great. And everything I want to do now is an extension of that is how can I help people, particularly women, but how can I help people just start making some money and enjoying themselves? And that's what it's all about for me. It's about business being fun and easy and enjoyable rather than hard work and difficult and so I just want to, that message is really important to me, that business can be fun and business can be easy and money is lovely and it's good to have money and it's good to want money and it's good to enjoy your money and it's good to do stuff that you love and get paid for it, really. Absolutely. Well, I'm confident you've inspired lots of Side Hustle Show listeners to take action based on this conversation. We'll link up the book, we'll link up these resources for you in the show notes for this episode. It'll be sidehustlenation.com slash Helen. You can find her on LinkedIn. She's Helen Pritchard over there. She's Helen Pritchard on air right now. She is <laughs> facebook.com slash LinkedIn lead gen. Really appreciate you uh, taking time to walk us through some of this stuff. Let's wrap this up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Just pick one thing. There you go. That's my tip. So when you decide what it is, think about where you add the most value, where you get the most joy and where you can make the most money and pick one thing and sell one thing to one person at a time at one price. And don't stop until you've hit your target. There you go. I love it. Helen, thank you so much. We'll catch up with you soon. I know you've got big plans this year to launch and grow your business, but as you do, you're going to want to make sure you've got the right tools and procedures in place. One of those tools that's a must-have if you invoice customers is our sponsor, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the award-winning accounting software designed for side hustlers ready to step up at their bookkeeping game this year and save some time in the process. FreshBooks has been making life easier for service entrepreneurs for the last 15 years. For example, FreshBooks allows you to automate your invoices. So all you have to do is sit back and wait for the payment to come through. 
You can give your accountant access to all the information they need to do your taxes and give you advice on how to save some money there. And you can accept credit card and ACH payments right on invoices to get paid faster. With all these efficiencies, FreshBooks can actually save you up to 200 hours a year. What are you going to do with all that extra time? Right now, Side Hustle Show listeners can go claim a 30-day free trial of FreshBooks without any credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Helen. Number one is this idea of 10 true clients. What's it really going to take to make a full-time income on your own? Probably less than you think. Most of my recent businesses have been what I'll call volume games. Even going back to selling shoes, I'd make 5 to $20 a pair. So I'd have to sell a lot of them to make a full-time income. So instead of focusing on these maybe more time-leveraged or passive business models up front, as Helen argued here, focus on those 10 true recurring clients. And if the goal is to leave your job, this is probably the fastest path to get there with the least upfront expense. And credit where credit is due, the idea of 10 true fans or 10 true clients, at least where I first heard it, was on episode 190 of the Tropical MBA podcast. They pointed out that Kevin Kelly's essay on a thousand true fans gets all the attention, but it's generally faster to get to those 10 ideal clients first. And that actually brings me to takeaway number two, which is to start now and pivot later. Helen's advice to sell one thing to one customer at one price until you reach your target. I really like that part. Once you do that, hopefully you have a little financial breathing room in your budget. Hopefully you have some systems in place that you're not having to work 16 hour days. And that frees up some mental energy to start thinking about the next thing. Remember, the best opportunities often aren't visible until you're already in motion. Helen would never be running this seven-figure operation if that's what she set out to do 10 years ago. But instead, she got started, stayed started, and pivoted along the way as opportunities came up. And in response to questions that she was getting and the conversations that she was having, this is a really common theme on the show. The businesses that guests are in today are rarely the businesses that they started with when they took those very first steps. And that's definitely the case for me, definitely the case for Helen here. Takeaway number three is to think of LinkedIn as a landing page for ideal clients. This was really interesting to me, and I encourage you to check out Helen's profile as an example of this. It's very customer-centric, to the point where if you're her target customer, you can't help yourself but to start nodding along with the copy on the page. Like, man, this person is speaking my language. They know my hopes, my dreams, my fears, my pains. They know what keeps me up at night. And when you can create a page like that, and then go out and proactively connect with the people you think need to see that message the most, that's a powerful marketing hack. And I think that's why Helen called LinkedIn the only platform where you can handpick your audience. So that was takeaway number three for me. Think of LinkedIn as a landing page for ideal clients. Number one was, again, the 10 true clients idea. And takeaway number two was start now, pivot later. Once again, notes and links from this episode, plus the free PDF highlight reel, with all of Helen's top tips from the call are at sidehustlenation.com slash Helen, or I can send those right to your inbox if you text Helen Tips to 33444. I'm excited to hear what you do with this. When you take action and start to see results, be sure to let me know. I'd love to hear it, and I can pass that along to Helen as well. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. 